I don't really want to work out, I work out. There's got to be those days you push through. And they're, they're probably going to be more numerous than the days you don't. Discipline equals freedom. And the more discipline you have as a human, the more freedom you're going to have. Cool. Ready to rock. We are live. Um, Jones's podcast. Yeah. What's going on? It is Tuesday the 4th of February. Yeah. yeah. Just start well. Rugby, obviously, not, not very good this week with England and France. It was a bit annoying, wasn't it? But... Um, Actually, is that why your vo- voice is a little bit croaky? Were you shouting, <coughs> yeah, shouting, I was shouting very loudly and yeah. my daughter was getting involved as well and shouting <laughs> and trying to cheer England on. But um, yeah, it wasn't a very good game. We didn't play very well. So. Oh no, I, I, I sort of had it on the background. Did you Did you watch it? Was that yeah. France-Missouri or France-Kansas? Which one was it? <laughs> England-France. <laughs> oh no, I was wondering which state this France was in. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, it's bad, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, good. Yeah, and of course, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Right? That was the ah, one. you caught the reference. Yeah, yeah. very good. That was the very big one. good. Right. Yeah, that Did was you amazing. Watch that? Nah, that was oh, on too late. Wasn't it? Yeah. 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 What time did it kicks off? It, kick, it kicks off at half eleven, and then it's like what three, four hours worth of yeah. unbelievable action. I saw the highlights. That yeah, Mahomes. Mahomes is unbelievable. What? Do you know what? Is he? Not many quarterbacks run it as much as he does, do they? Surely. I don't. I don't know. I actually don't know the stats on that. But yeah. But I, w- I wouldn't have thought so. But he, they were ten so points down in the fourth quarter, and then they yeah. went in four and a half minutes and scored twenty-one points. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Fair play. That is. That is. That's some going. That is. Yeah. Very have you ever exciting. been to a game? Yeah, we went to. Me and Leonie went, went to, to London to watch one of the games over here. We watched uh, the Miami Dolphins lose, um, which was. I said, it was, I it was still I great. Mentioned it before, but me and my wife went to New York a few years ago, and we went to see the Jets because they were the only team that happened to be playing that While weekend. You were there. So I'm kind of like a Jets fan, but they're ru- rubbish. So, um, but yeah, there you I go. saw the Chicago Bears play in London. I oh, did. You all I remember? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really strange atmosphere, isn't it? The London games because no oh, one's real fans, so it's kind of like it falls quiet quite a lot. Whereas. You know, when you like, if you go to like a football game, it doesn't really fall quiet because everyone knows the songs all. Well, singing. and not only that, there's a lot of mixed fans that go to the. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. the London match it attracts a lot of local Americans that are. Yeah, they want to come and see but it. They yeah. all come in their team colours, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you've got the whole range of all the American teams represented because they're getting to see their star players yeah, exactly. come to London. Yeah. Which and is special, and it's right? easier yeah. for them to get tickets, I yeah. imagine, as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not cheap though. Are they? they're no, we paid three. I think we paid three figures for ours, and we were literally me and my wife went. We were the last oh seats God. in the stadium. Oh, really? I kid you not. We turned around, concrete, and then there was the window up at the back. It was. We were a long way back. I, oh, I got a phone Chicago. call or an email or something, a text from an ex-girlfriend from Chicago who said, "Are you at the game?" And I said, "What are you on about?" She said, "The Bears are playing in London." And I literally just got in the car, drove to Wembley, parked up, went to the ticket office no and bought the ticket. Way. And I was again up in the gods, but I just turned up. I didn't, no, I didn't think you could still do that. Yeah. I just, <clears throat> that's really cool. Yeah. Oh my God, that is amazing. I love there that. Yeah, fair play. I love that sort of like last minute yeah. Spon- yeah. spontaneity. Yeah. I've always big... wanted to go to a... Um, an airport, airport yeah. Be like, right, give me your next. Yeah. Yeah. What's the next one out of here? Yeah. Luton to Stansted, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, I was only at Wembley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was still in Chicago watching oh, yeah. on her TV. <laughs> no, it was wicked. Anything else happened? West Ham um, is still rubbish. Yeah. That uh, was another great. I literally remember we were walking around, me and Mark were walking around Hobbycraft, and I checked my phone, and we were 3 1 up, and I was like, yes, finally. And then literally yeah, we left. Long. Went into Debenhams and it was free all. And I was like, I literally, what? It's just, it's awful. It's just dreadful at the moment. Not fun. Brexit's done. Like, we're not going to talk about it. It is is what it is, yeah. Unless you really wanted to. No, I'm not. No, I don't don't know enough about it. And not not much has changed for me at the moment. There you go. See what happens. So, um, for those of you with um, expert ears, expert ears, you will hear a, a fourth voice here. Next to me is a young man named Raj, and he is a dentist, is he not? Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi, Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much thank for Thank you for me. coming on. Um, so basically, um, the reason why Raj is mm. sitting next to me is because my friend Johnny, he forced me to go to the dentist, basically. Um, I hadn't been in 10 years, and previous to that, 
occasion. I reckon it was another 10 years before. So my track rate is one in 20 years at the moment. So he pretty much forced me to go. Um, that's where I met Raj and we started chatting and, and it's kind of like health related. Yeah, of course it's, it is. It's a yeah. great, um, Oral health is a big yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. A massive thing. Um, and before um, we went live, I was chatting to Raj and we were saying there's actually a lot of parallels between going to the dentist yeah. and, and, going into um, the and going into the gym. So mm, it's really interesting from my experience. I needed someone to sort of force me to go. So Johnny booked me the appointment, which is ridiculous as I'm an adult <laughs> and I should be doing these things myself. But I was very, I guess I was anxious. I was, I was fearful for being judged if my teeth were bad or not or you know um probably scared a little bit if it was going to hurt mm-hmm. i guess that yeah. came into my mind i know it's not I'm, i presume some people are shaking in the chair sometimes are they well yeah we um but the, the, the interesting thing is making that first hurdle of picking up the phone and actually booking an appointment is the first step once they get through the door then we'll, we'll look after them and, and of course there are many people that need to be sedated to be treated and we've got a wonderful dentist at the practice dr taylor who brings that service to the practice but the fact that they actually made it through the tour puts them in the top 50 percent of people straight away because it's a little known fact that about 50 percent of the population have never visited a dentist not even as kids never that is amazing remarkable it's a statistic that gets repeated year on year out by the nhs who track the numbers and we know 50% of people have, have never been. Yeah. Wow. I wonder whether, what, whether that's because they've never had a problem or mm, because of anxiety or just, yeah, so a, a number, of, number of reasons. Um, I mean, I don't go to the doctor particularly often unless no. I've got a problem. But um, we don't necessarily in this country go for a medical health checkup annually mm. or even every six months. A little different. Uh, to countries like the US where it's more an insurance based yeah, yeah, requirement yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that you've got to go for your annual medical check um, so in much the same way a lot of people don't necessarily go to the dentist because they don't feel they have a need um, but then when they do go um, they might discover stuff that they didn't know was going on a bit, mm. a bit like yourself yeah 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 so I had my first filling oh, which is yeah, no way, devastating really? for my um ego I guess I was very <laughs> proud but that's probably reason why I didn't want to go as well because I probably knew that then my teeth probably aren't as good as they should be and that I might get a fill-in and I had my first ever fill-in so but you see that, you... that would be the perfect reason to motivate you to go because if you think about it if you are worried that you will be told you need a filling it's because you know there's something not quite right if you choose not to go that thing that's not right just gets worse and then your experience when you do go is it's usually of something much yeah. more tricky to sort out than if you go early. And what, what we really love is when we've got patients who come every six months like clockwork and we can spot things starting when they're microscopic, either give advice to prevent it getting any worse or sort it out when it's tiny. Mm-hmm. And we, we have patients have fillings without any injections because they're so small we can repair them before they've got anywhere near the nerves in the teeth. But then the patients who turn up where it's a massive cavity, it's a much bigger job to sort out. Yeah. But if they'd have just been a regular attender right from the outset, they could have avoided all that in the first place. I mean, it's the, you could argue that's exactly the same as losing weight or getting fit, though. You know, mm-hmm. if you just consistently do it from school, you're never going to be in that yeah, position yeah. where you need to join and be anxious. And Did you and just look at my gut when you were talking about just to be clear, I didn't. Um, <laughs> it's the whole it's the whole prevention versus cure. Argument, yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Because <clears throat> you're essentially preventing something from happening, which is much better than dealing with a problem once Absolutely. it's arrived. Absolutely, that's exactly it. Um, but that's what I think in the American system with having a, a health check every year is actually a good thing in a way because yeah. it actually highlights things a lot more early, mm-hmm. maybe than because you have people who who aren't going through symptoms but they're kind of bubbling below the surface and I talk to patients all the time about like this especially with pain like an overflowing cup of you know you, your body can deal with something for a long time before actually sim- become, things become symptomatic but that doesn't mean that under the surface things weren't quite wrong for quite a long time before that and yeah. so just because you haven't had pain or symptoms with teeth or whatever for 10 years doesn't mean there's not a problem with those areas and I think mm-hmm. when you have a, a check 
once a year, they potentially those things could be picked up much more quickly. Exactly. But conversely, just just to put things into perspective, the American system is only for those who either have the insurance yeah, through yeah, their work or can afford it. But there's a yeah. there's a whole bunch of people that fall by the wayside because they don't have that luxury. We're lucky that we have you know that um, net of the NHS to to save us. With them, um, with you mentioned earlier that fifty percent of people haven't had dental, you know, any have never, never been, been to the yeah. dentist. Or is it f- for children? Is it free to go to the dentist? Right now, on the NHS, it is free for children to go to the dentist. No. Yes. Mm. So it's not really if people are out. You know, there's no real excuse no, for the, not the, taking them if you. you know, there if isn't got kids. really, um, but also we've got to get the message across about dental health education. If um, the parents have never been. Uh, if they don't understand the need, if they don't understand basic uh, dietary health um, stuff, then you know a lot of a lot of disease gets missed. And it's an interesting statistic that um, at the Liverpool uh, Dental School, um, they do more extractions than they do saving teeth. Uh, the number one thing that children are turning up at the dentist for at the hospital services. Is for extraction of rotted teeth wow. that could have been saved. What as a kid? And, and, as a child, and what sort yeah. of ages yeah. are we speaking about? Here? We're talking about children as young as five or six. That's mad. Um, <clears throat> even younger in extreme cases. Um, so you know we've got um, uh, uh, quite a few local kids who have come to the practice over the thirty odd years I've been there to do work experience, and uh, we've got right now I think there's four that are fully qualified dentists already that I can remember when they were coming as children. In fact, one of them has started working at the practice running oh, wow. a Saturday emergency service, Dr. Roshni. Um, but she, she came to us when she was 16. Uh, and we've got another one um, who uh, went to Liverpool and she told us that most of her time training at Liverpool has been just doing extractions on children locally. So statistically, is that something that's changed over the last 50 years, I presume? With the, um, with the we, we think it's getting worse. Yeah. We think that the message... Um, isn't really uh, hitting home uh, that look you have a national health service there uh, to screen your children and look after your children's teeth to educate not only your children but you on the best ways to help children avoid um, these kind of issues and um, it's the uptake isn't really there on top of which there's also a little bit of an issue of access um, the NHS has been tweaked with quite a few times and a lot of the stories we get are that it's very difficult to find an NHS dentist to yeah. register with. I mean, I'm not an NHS dentist no. anymore. I've, I've moved on to things in dentistry that interest me more, and that the NHS doesn't necessarily provide. So, um, but I know when I when I was an NHS dentist, I loved it when the children came. It was mm. great. You, you find different ways to communicate with children than you do with adults, and you've got to make them interested. I remember going and doing um, talks at my son's school when he was four, and then. Uh, again, when he was five, but his teacher had taught him when he was, a, you know, brand new at the junior mm. school. She said to me, can I come back and teach the next class of four-year-olds? So I had yeah. a little presentation to make dentistry and teeth really interesting to the yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you get Did the you kids. give them all lollipops <clears throat> afterwards as well? No, no, no. <laughs> no. But weirdly, um, a colleague of mine from the US contacted um, via Facebook group, uh, only last week saying he's got to give a talk to his kid's five-year-old class and I said hey I've got oh. a ready-made oh, no presentation oh. and he's like well what's in it and I said oh just stuff that kids are into and he goes well what are you on about and I said well you know don't talk about going to the dentist and brushing your teeth and all of that talk about other things that um, are more interesting to children like what animal has the biggest tooth now here's a test for the three of you oh. do you know what animal and it can be an extinct one if you like what animal do you think has the biggest tooth? Saber-toothed tiger. No. Good guess. <laughs> Actually, that's in my presentation a picture because a lot of children yeah, come I up with that. that. What about, and it's uh, good, but it's not good enough. Woolly mammoth. Is that yeah. class? Very it's good. It's a tusk, a tooth. A tusk is a tooth, oh. and uh, there is, you know, a prehistoric mammoth creature which has a very long tooth, but it's not the biggest tooth. Oh. I'll give you guys one more guess, and then I'll tell you the right answer. Obviously, it's a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> but a unicorn's horn isn't a tooth. <laughs> or maybe yeah. it is. No, the correct answer, and it's been in the news recently, a narwhal's tusk. 
What is that? Well, that, I was one. just going to say that. That was what my was next guess. It's, <laughs> it's, no it's, it's part of the whale dolphin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. it's like a unicorn tusk. I, I've got, I know narwhals because my daughter has them on her pajamas. Right. So it's like a, it looks like a whale with a massive unicorn. That's right, but it's actually form. one of their front incisors. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's it's their front left incisor that just grows forward as this super long. A tusk, well, and it's longer than you know any historic woolly mammoth tusk as well. And amazing, yeah, and the animal still exists. Wow! And uh, recently, do you know that there was that um, incident, a terrorist incident, and uh, I think it was um, uh, uh, a guy oh, grabbed a normal tusk no that was decorating. Guy yeah, was he de the, was decorating yeah. a, a pub or a restaurant on That's a wall, right. and, it was and he grabbed that to London use Bridge. to defend people from this terrorist. Wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a narwhal. It was a narwhal. Definitely wow. About that that is, well, yeah. what Nick? When the you whole, did, the whole story, the, 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 the fascinating the world of tea. Yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Seeing kids love that sort of stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It makes them interested. Mm -hmm. It's funny uh, you mentioned America. Their <coughs> their perception that of their, teeth, their, their stereotype of the English is to have awful, like Austin mm -hmm. Powers, for example, like that we've got <coughs> awful teeth. Do you think, as a nation? I guess there's no really statistics to back it up, but apart from the 50% thing, mm. um, have we got good teeth as a nation or are we... Um, look, every country in the world has good teeth, bad teeth, yeah. good dentistry, bad dentistry. I spent a lot of the time when I was studying postgraduate in the US and what I noticed was, going back to what I mentioned earlier, that the haves, the people who have the insurance, who have the funds to have dentistry, have access to phenomenal dentistry but if you don't then you have nothing available to you um, and I saw people with virtually no teeth uh, the poorest of society in America yeah. who have no dentistry at all other than what they can do or what their friends can do with a pair of pliers for them so it goes back to the fact that we have the safety net of the NHS so that if you needed dentistry you can have it relatively cheaply in the UK and, and, and it works. It's dentistry that's solid, basic, um, but it works and, and it's available to you. And those poorer people of society in America didn't have any of that. So when it comes to, um, you know, the stereotypical British teeth, um, I understand where that comes from because Brits don't have the same obsession with appearance that America does. Mm -hmm. America, you're judged based on what you have and your material possessions, yeah. the quality of your car, the clothes you wear, um, where you live, the size of your house and mm. your yacht and all the rest of it. Whereas we have a different sort of class-based system that we can judge each other on. Um, not necessarily a good thing. We tend to judge on your accent or your skin color mm. or um, other things less important than what you physically wear or what your teeth look like or how mm. much money you've spent on your cosmetic dentistry in america they wear it as a, a status honor. symbol yeah. mm. a status symbol yeah, yeah. yeah that's interesting isn't it yeah and then going back to like with obviously see the kids that you see that have you know like getting extractions for example in liverpool mm. and these sorts of things so what would you what are kind of the classic things that you would if someone was asking you what's what can i do what's the Know, the key things in terms of dental in terms of teeth health yeah. in, in my own dental health mm. what are the best thing best practices for kids best practices for adults in terms of, of that okay sort of thing. so you need four things to get tooth decay the first is obvious you need a tooth okay <laughs> you can't get tooth decay if you've got no teeth so <laughs> you could just pull a ball <laughs> weirdly weirdly that was a turn of the century last century <clears throat> um, 18th or 21st birthday present. Wow. They believed that dentistry in the UK was so bad at the time that you were better off having all your teeth out and having these newfangled things called Bakelite dentures. Okay. So as an 18th or 21st birthday present, and it went on for quite some time, young people would have all their teeth out Blimey. and have a set of dentures because it was believed that you didn't have to put up with all that toothache and horrible dentistry. You never know, things have. go full circle. So yeah. I still have a few patients alive 
who tell me that this is what happened to them and that they did it either as an 18th or 21st birthday wow. present. So, uh, how did I get onto that? Oh, yeah. yeah. You need a so tooth. First you, thing, need you need a tooth, need a tooth right? <laughs> Second thing is you need the bacteria that cause tooth decay. Not everybody has that in their mouth. There are some people that don't have what we call cariogenic bacteria in their mouth. They don't produce it at all. They or? don't produce it at all. Really? Yeah, wow. they don't have the, the right bacteria that cause tooth decay. But if you've got the right bacteria that does cause tooth decay, then that bacteria needs to feed on something. And what it feeds on is basically carbohydrates that are stuck to your teeth. So it's usually sticky, sweet things. That's really interesting. So I read something, this is yeah. before I even met you. Yeah, fizzy chewy sweets. Yeah, chewy sweets. Yeah. So no more fizzy cola bottles, is that yeah. what I'm saying? Sticky drinks. So oh, something, Coca like Red Coke, Coke. something like Coca-Cola, red full fat Coke, yeah, it's a caramel in it that makes it stick to your teeth, right? And that is terrible for teeth because the bacteria will feed on it, <laughs> they'll produce acid as an excretion, and that acid destroys the tooth surface. Oh, you're killing me. Other things like polo mints, you know, it, this polo mint is basically just sugar with mint flavouring in it, mm -hmm. and it gets stuck in all the crevices and in between your teeth bacteria love that they'll feed on that produce acid it rots the teeth away so that's number three the source of the um, sucrose mm -hmm. or you know sugars uh, and then number four is time if you give it enough time then the bacteria can produce damage the way to control the time part is to clean the bacteria off on a regular basis so brushing your teeth okay brush the bacteria away it hasn't got time to cause the problem cut down on the sugars any bacteria that are there don't have anything to feed on mm -hmm. okay so what about simple. um sugar-free chewing gum yeah and sugar-free chewing gum with xylitol xylitol yeah, is a yeah. fascinating uh, material um experiments were done with xylitol in africa where they um took two tribes in local it's villages uh, I'm not sure where xylitol comes from, how it's produced, but I do know that this experiment happened in Africa where they gave one tribe xylitol mouthwash to use every day, and another tribe they gave toothbrushes and regular toothpaste. And then they measured the tooth decay rates in these two tribes, and they found that xylitol mouth rinsing was actually more effective than fluoride toothpaste at reducing. At, um, the incidence of tooth decay. So xylitol is a really fascinating material and if you can get xylitol uh, chewing gums which are available yeah. that's actually very very good for your teeth especially if it's sugar-free. I mean yeah a lot of people use it as a um, sugar substitute yeah. don't they? So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great wow. What's that? Uh, is it Western A. Price? Have you ever read that book? Yeah. I, I've never read it. Have you read it? I've not read it, no. Do you, are you familiar with it? Yeah. So he, he, I think it's like oh, I don't know, 100 years ago, he went around the world to different tribes and looked at their tooth decay mm. and um, and compared it to the Western diet. Oh, yeah. you know, so he was looking at... There's been a lot of studies like I'm, this. I'm yeah. sure they yeah. have, but I, I think he's, he's... I'll have to dig it out and um, put a link to it, but... Um, what was know, his he, conclusion? His conclusion, obviously, if you go to a tribe in the middle of the Amazon, um, your teeth are going to be better than if you're living in the um, middle of New York City because yeah. of the, the foods. <clears throat> Also, your facial and skeletal structure uh, will also be different. Um, similar things were done with the Australian Aboriginal tribes as well. I think he talks about the Aborigines yeah. actually, isn't it? Uh, <clears throat> a lot of studies were done there because um, they were kept free from the influence of the modern diet for a very, very long time. And then they were introduced to it. And so you can see the transition in how the generations that weren't exposed to Western diets, how their teeth fared compared to the younger generations of Aborigines who were introduced to Western diet. And you know that the Australians back in the, I think it was the 1950s, they had a very controversial policy where they took children from Aboriginal tribes and gave them to childless Australian couples, only girls. Did you know this? Yeah. Happened in the 1950s, it's very controversial. Yeah. So <clears throat> you had a generation of Australian girls, uh, Australian Aboriginal girls, being brought up, brought up by Western. white um, Australian mm -hmm. um, people, and they could compare the dental development of those girls to their mothers, brothers, fathers, and tribespeople that were left with the tribe. Mm -hmm. And what they found was 
they had far more incidence of dental problems because of course the refined sugar in the diet but the other thing that was interesting was their jaws didn't develop to the same size so their airways didn't develop to the same size and capacity so their fitness levels weren't as high as those that were left living the tribal wow, uh, diet and the tribal lifestyle so they had a much easier lifestyle um, much less work involved in the lifestyle living in the uh, the white uh, Australian families their diet was pr uh, mostly processed food so they didn't have a tough hard rugged outdoor diet it was processed food that didn't require that much chewing up so the musculature for the face didn't have to develop the same way and so <clears throat> the dental arch form didn't develop as big so they also had more problem with crowding of their teeth problems with wisdom teeth there wasn't enough space in the jaws for them so they had to have more extractions more orthodontics more dental disease from the sugar um, they needed dentists whereas the tribal people growing up in an aboriginal lifestyle didn't need dentists isn't that amazing mm, that is so we brought the need for dentistry upon ourselves, ourselves. <clears throat> by having so an easier lifestyle. <laughs> I'd be out of a job yeah. if we had a more tribal lifestyle, yeah. There you go. It's interesting because you, <clears throat> you see, um, you know, documentaries about tribes in the Amazon rainforest and, and such who have terrible teeth, who have, you know, who don't have very good teeth at all. Um, That's because all the cameramen are giving them Mars <laughs> yeah. bars and... But you wonder, you wonder what that's to do with... I mean, I know they do lots of... In these particular documentaries, they, they talk about, like, lots of these um, almost, like, these drinks that they make which are basically like almost like fermented type alcohol type drinks i wonder how much whether oh, well, there sugar must be sugar in, in that too yeah, yeah. yeah. so you know <clears throat> I'm, I'm assuming they don't drink that 24 7 but it's interesting like because obviously you're still going to have if you're talking about carbohydrates different tribal yeah different tribes are going to have yeah, different yeah, yeah. levels of, of carbohydrates course, yeah. and some tribes are going to have quite high carbohydrate mm. diets because if they're eating yams and bananas and or yeah. the things that well, are... Well, do you remember that scene from the movie Castaway? Was it Castaway or... Tom uh, what's Hanks. It? Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is it Castaway where he's yeah. only eating uh, coconuts? coconuts. Yes. Yeah. And then he eventually gets a toothache and he has yeah. to extract his own tooth because it's ah, rotted because right. he's eating yeah, sugary about, coconut. Yeah. 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 So I guess it depends, you know, because yeah, with like those four points you're making, but even they're, they've got, you know, they haven't got the access to the potentially brushing their teeth or if they're mm. not brushing their teeth then if they're in the carbohydrates then that bacteria is being supplied with that yeah that food mm. and, and if you were to eat something like a banana obviously that would potentially stick stick to your teeth as well wouldn't it or any carb yeah that's what i was going to ask about in terms of like is that why flossing is so good because you're actually removing some of that stuck you know food that's stuck to your teeth therefore removing the, the opportunity for that bacteria exactly. to thrive essentially cleaning your teeth all around but flossing is actually very good for your gums as well right. more more so than what it's useful for your teeth okay. it's uh, it's about keeping your gum health in good check okay are and those then, water flosses any good yeah they're fantastic ah, i recommend cool. those to especially my patients who have implants because they're brilliant for cleaning all the debris from around the my wife like got water one. flosses. Yeah, my wife got one last yeah, year. And it like it's bit, very fancy like a, water it's pistol. A pressure washer. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I'm sure size. you could do with a pressure washer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they, they just jet wash in between your teeth and they're brilliant. They're more satisfying I, as well than mm. flossing. Obviously, I mean I'll I'll admit right now that I don't floss like oh, it's not something i would regularly do but i've you know been told about its importance before he's clenching and his yeah. fists and it's <laughs> yeah. that it is it's like everything in life like it's convenience of doing it that's the lack right. of convenience so yeah. i think something like that if that there's is, a water it, honestly, one then that would be so well, much better people people think raj probably do you sell them what water picks um water flosses no we don't sell well, them but i direct you should i know it's easy i just i just pull up Amazon page yeah. on my computer and I show my patients look you can just order it from Amazon get delivered yeah. to your door they're not very expensive and you can choose which one you want there's loads yeah. to choose I from. have to say the first couple of times <coughs> I used it my gums bled a bit but now um, especially after coming to see you everything's all good and mm. I, I, do I do it every day no but once every other day probably and it's got a timer thing on it I think yeah. as well, and it's so. easier to do than flossing yeah definitely it? and it's yeah. a bit more satisfied yeah. for whatever so I, reason I think I would do that but I, I know that I, I just I know that I'm not going to get consistent in the habit of using one That's of those part of the reason why all, people, I've, used, I've used one a couple of times I just find it really awkward as well yeah. and it's it's part of the reason why people get put off using floss it's because it is so awkward to do and time yeah. consuming and 
we've all got busy lives and stuff going yeah. on and, and I get it but you know the water pick water floss and these things are very quick and efficient yeah. with mm. the um, you mentioned mouthwash before um, which has obviously been something that that I've, I've you know espoused to me before is that is that about um, killing that bacteria that you talked about earlier or what's the main use of mouthwash should people really be thinking about doing that or is brushing the teeth and, and kind of using one of those water um, pressure flossing is that enough mouthwash is great um, there are lots of different types of mouthwash there are the um, mouthwashes that are very antibacterial and anti-inflammatory so if you've got active disease often either the dentist or the hygienist will recommend a particularly powerful um, is that like wash. coarser deal that kind of thing yeah but you don't want to be using that long term no short because it's very harsh on the living tissues that you want to hang on to mm -hmm. so yes it will kill the bacteria but you don't want it to kill the surface yeah, cells yeah. Yeah. of your gums your tongue your palate and it can be quite harsh i i know patients who use coarse still long term because i can see the effects it's happening on their own skin inside their mouth so then there are milder ones that you can use on a more daily basis and they'll be the ones that are available over the counter um, from from the chemist or from the dentist and then there are uh, uh, less powerful ones that really have no anti-septic um, or anti-inflammatory action but will make your mouth feel more fresh so the minty flavored mouthwashes and that's a feel-good factor mm -hmm. um, you might be doing it because of bad breath so you'll you'll use a mouthwash and the fact that you're using something shows that you are taking some self-responsibility and self-care for your own oral health and it's a good thing um, that you're doing something so um, you know patients who use whatever kind of mouthwash they're telling me that uh, they are actively involved in their own oral health care and I applaud them for it no matter what they use mm. it just shows you're taking one extra step yeah above and beyond above you know what I just know if people listening to this have just thinking about their routine feeling guilty or feeling oh I could do that it's interesting though isn't it it's like because I find the mouthwash situation kind of similar in a way to kind of supplements in the fitness industry in the sense of what you want is you want something that works but also so you want to feel like you're spending money you know for especially for those people who perhaps you know haven't got as much money to go to a dentist regularly as you know basically for people who do really want to for prevention rather than the cure mm. You want to actually use things, I think, that are effective for doing what you want it to do. So, in which, mm. you know, if if that's for, like, you say, I think if a mouthwash for that hasn't got any active anti-inflammatory or antibacterial effects, if that's something that is um, just for, you know, um, for your freshness of breath, yeah. then it's understanding that that's what it does, yeah. and it's not going to be something that can necessarily enhance your health yeah. of your teeth. But you could find something one, else. It will you be. could find one that is like that, but has fluoride in it or oh. has xylitol in it. Sure. And they're also great for your oral health because they're yeah. adding an extra layer of protection to your teeth. Yeah. Um, it seems like you can't buy a toothpaste nowadays without it saying teeth whitening on it. Yeah. So what's your opinion on teeth whitening with toothpaste? I sometimes even try and, st I, I want whiter teeth, I'll hold my hands up and that'll be a question mm. for you in a minute. But is is, the, is that the right toothpaste? Am I gonna get whiter teeth with uh, tooth whitening? Uh, it's a really, really good question. Right. And it's a really good question because you have to be very careful <clears throat> about how the tooth whitening effect is happening. A lot of the time, and, and, and this is a little dangerous, is the whitening toothpaste has just got more abrasive in it. Mm -hmm. And what you're actually doing is you're removing okay. surface stains like tea, coffee, and tobacco from the surface of your teeth by scouring them so with like more. like an exfoliator on your <clears throat> tooth. Except mm. it won't just take off those surface stains. In time, it will eventually scour away your enamel surface mm. as well. So, yeah, some of them will help to make your teeth look cleaner because they're just doing what a hygienist would do for you, which is take the surface stains off. But now you're using it every single day on your enamel, taking a very fine layer of enamel away with this, mm. you know, sand that you're grinding into the teeth. <clears throat> so there's this big fad nowadays with using charcoal. Uh, what, yeah, what's, what's the charcoal doing? It's just an abrasive. The charcoal is just scouring away surface stains on your teeth. So yes, you get an instant wow factor the first time you do it because 
maybe there's a load of tea, coffee and tobacco staining your teeth mm. and you're one of that 50% that's never been to the dentist or the mm. hygienist and had your teeth cleaned and you've got all this stuff on your teeth and wow, you've got rid of it all with your charcoal toothpaste and you think, yeah, it's whitening my teeth. I'm going to use it every single day. But now what you're doing is you're just scouring your enamel away. So over a 50 year period, <clears throat> you're going to... Shorter than that. Right. So you have to be mm. careful of understanding how the product is doing what it's doing and um, is it really uh, just scouring the surface? Now, there are others that contain stain digesters. There are others that contain actual um, bleaching products, but they're generally in such a low concentration they're that they're not going to make the kind of difference that professional tooth whitening will do, which is different. On a day-by-day -day basis, it's a little tiny improvement, little tiny improvement, little tiny improvement without running the risk of scouring away your enamel. But it's not the same as um, professional tooth whitening, which is different. So for, for me here, <coughs> saying someone that I'd like slightly whiter teeth, yeah. um, would you suggest then a non-tooth whitening tooth, uh, toothpaste and then going to see someone like yourself to get your, your teeth whitened professionally? The fact that you've turned up at the dentist in the first place and asked the question, you're already ahead of the curve, okay? Because now the dentist can look at your teeth and figure out, well, what is actually causing the discoloration? Is it just a layer of surface stain? Mm -hmm. Is it just tartar deposits that have soaked up tea and coffee and mm -hmm. tobacco and it just needs a good clean with the hygienist? Because that will instantly make the teeth better, mm -hmm. okay? Then the education on how to keep them clean from the hygienist and go back to the hygienist regularly and make sure you're keeping it up. You don't have to use anything on your teeth, it's just a case of keeping them clean. What right? happens if you want Tom Cruise style? Yeah, we, like Tom Cruise is a whole other podcast on teeth. <laughs> I can tell you the whole history of what Tom Cruise has had to his teeth. Really? Right is from it? back in the day, oh, of, you right. know, um, <laughs> risky business onwards. Because <laughs> dentists love Tom Cruise's teeth, he's had everything done. Um, but anyway, that's that, that's another side oh, issue that we'll, budget either. we no. can go into <laughs> later. But in terms of if you want your teeth whiter than they are naturally when they're clean, in a healthy way, in a healthy way, then oh, that's 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 another proviso you've right. put on there okay. in a healthy way. So there are only two ways realistically to physically change the colour of your teeth. One is to bleach them. Okay, and we'll get into how that's done. So it's funny, but as soon as you say that, I think that's unhealthy. My, my, my perception This is why is... I said you put a proviso on right, it, okay. right? So we'll talk about that. And the second is to artificially clad the teeth in an artificial material of the colour you want. And there are different ways of doing that. But that's much heavier dentistry. You're putting something on your teeth permanently to mask what's underneath. Okay, so now we're into the veneering your teeth whether it's veneering your teeth with a plastic composite material or whether it's veneering your teeth with a ceramic or like the boys in the hood want to do, veneering your teeth yeah. with some gold spangly gold, diamond yeah. grills. That's a bit of me, you're, that is. <laughs> you're, you're putting something artificial over your teeth to hide your existing teeth. But to change the colouring of the intrinsic tooth itself, the method we have is bleaching or, as it's known, teeth whitening so it's down to marketing do we like the mm. word bleaching or are we going to call it something a little bit more user-friendly mm. teeth whitening yeah. the product is still a, a bleach that makes the teeth whiter and in dentistry the agent that we want to have acting on the teeth is hydrogen peroxide now that hydrogen peroxide has got to come from somewhere and you can either have it coming from uh, a hydrogen peroxide based gel or a carbamide peroxide based gel. Carbamide peroxide, when it um, produces the active agent, it's producing hydrogen peroxide, okay? Mm -hmm. But it has to be heated up to produce that hydrogen peroxide in a gaseous form. Those gas bubbles of hydrogen peroxide penetrate the natural porosity within the tooth, and the hydrogen peroxide oxidizes out all of the stains that are intrinsic in the tooth and makes the tooth whiter. I want to okay. give them a round of applause for that. That's impressive. Go on, now, keep going. There's more to it. Where does that heat source come from and in what concentration do you use it? So there are two schools of uh, teeth whitening. There is the one hour quick whitening where you traditionally see someone with a blue lamp 
pointed at their teeth. You can even buy these little kits over the internet. Oh yeah, they put the gel in and bite Instagram. it and turn right. everywhere. So, right? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't it's only since you've started going to the dentist that's everywhere. I bet they weren't there before. Now that they know, someone, their phone has trapped you going to the dentist and now you get in. Okay. Yeah. So the, the light yeah. is... is is um, The heat. Uh, is the heat. It's got nothing to do with the actual physical light. It could be red light, yellow light, Looks green cool light, light. Yeah. UV light, laser. It could be anything, right? All it's actually doing is supplying a source of heat. The gel then heats up and produces bubbles of hydrogen peroxide gas, which penetrate the pores in your teeth and make the teeth so would water. that be the same gel as i've had these strips before i've used those strips in the past that'd be the same as yeah. that but there's no heat applied there so there I, is i could have there is the heat applied. your mouth heat yes like, oh, exactly okay. body heat okay so body heat is one source an artificial source produces a higher concentration of the bubbles because you're heating up more than just body heat but there is a risk the reason why people go for the uh, light activated is because you're getting a fast hit of those bubbles of gas so you get a faster effect right so that's why you can go to a dentist or one of these pop-up booths or you've even now got people doing it in their kitchen or uh, the hairdressers and you get a fast hit usually over a course of an hour and you see an effect okay we'll talk about it in a second or you do it a slower method which is to just use body heat alone the rate at which the hydrogen peroxide bubbles are produced is slower because it's a lower um, temperature, but you have to do it for many, many, many more hours mm. and you get a whitening effect. So what's the difference between the two? If I gave you a turkey and I said, right, you're going to create a turkey for Christmas for your family, which way are you going to cook it? Are you going to cook it with a blowtorch and get that fast, crispy, outer, golden turkey but the whole of the inside is raw mm. or are you going to put it in an oven at a lower temperature mm. and let it bake through all the way through mm. so that that lovely turkey cooking is done right the way through to the core of the turkey you're going to do it the second way aren't you yeah mm -hmm. because the effect transitions all the way through the whole turkey the same is for bleaching low concentration low body heat bleaching done over the course of several weeks or a month at home building up a hundred hours will produce a whiteness that goes all the way through the tooth safely I, I whereas the surface say, hit is that a, is that health in my head and i've known nothing about it as long as worse i'm thinking if it goes into the tooth I, so we're going to talk about that as well right, okay. whereas the surface hit only produces a surface effect it hasn't had long enough time for that high concentration to penetrate deeper and produce a richer whiteness that will last for longer. It's literally only on the surface and it will wear off faster. You'll end up paying more for it as well in the long run because it's only a surface effect. And if it's at the dentist or a clinic, you're occupying that chair for the whole hour you're there. The dentist can't make any other money except from you. So he's gonna charge you more to do one hour laser whitening or UV whitening than if he just sold you a kit and taught you how to use it at home. Now in terms of safety, it is safer to do it the long way around because you're doing it at such a low concentration. If there is any sensitivity issue within the living part of the tooth, it is gonna warn you long before there's any risk of damage. Mm, okay. Whereas if you do the high concentration hit and your face is clamped there under the lamp for an hour and that high concentration gel manages to penetrate through to the nerve, it will kill the nerve. I've seen it happen. My best friend in dentistry has seen it happen. My brother has seen it happen. We don't go anywhere near that kind of teeth whitening method because we know we're going to have to do a lot of dentistry to correct a tooth that's been killed by tooth wow. whitening. And that's just when it's done by a professional who knows where they're putting the gel. Imagine if you buy a kit over the internet yeah. and you've got a tray that doesn't fit your mouth or anybody else's. You slap a load of gel in there. It's all over your lips. It's all over your gums. And you've heated it up super concentrated and it starts to burn your lips and gums you've seen it on the internet you've seen it on instagram so should there be some is there a governing body that's saying you, you can't be making these or is there well, same as fitness isn't uh, it i mean it's yeah. those ads like, so i've seen them on Insta. they're sexy they're like oh, i want a bit of that you know good looking guy tanned and he's smiling with this thing in his mouth and it's like yeah that's a bit of me but so there's a market for everything of course and there yeah. will be a percentage of the population like i said you never go to the dentist 
but want whiter teeth and they will go right there's a kit for 79 pounds on the internet i'll buy that and i'll have a go yeah. and for most of them it'll give them the result that they want and everything will be fine but there will be the ones where it goes wrong and what's going to happen is they're going to be forced to go to a dental health professional to get that problem sorted out whether they've burned their gums or their lips or something else they'll end up seeing a professional to get that sorted then you've got the issue of okay look everyone's entitled to earn a living but let me ask you this i'm a dentist you know i'm a dentist would you let me cut your hair <laughs> so why right. would you let a hairdresser whiten your teeth yeah. okay if something goes wrong when i'm cutting your hair your hair is going to grow back and you can go to a, a hairdresser mm -hmm. and get it put right if something goes wrong with your teeth you're going to end up at the dentist having something much more expensive than cheap yeah, yeah. tooth whitening have to be done to put it right so it's not worth the risk you wouldn't come to me to cut your hair because you know i'm going to make them you know i'll make you look like chris <laughs> <laughs> you hey, just, then you can just shave it all off yeah, like yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so in, in your with the teeth whitening is it is so you in your view um and it sounds like because I've, I've thought about teeth whitening before um and so and obviously exactly like aiden it's kind of i want to do it in a healthy way and there's so much information out there you just don't really know where to turn so it's, so the best thing would be to go you know, optimally go to a dentist and then get given a kit that you would then use at home over that over a longer period of time what what is it what is it that you're you know you obviously that that longer option what is yeah. that longer option so the specifics for, of that for most people that getting your teeth cleaned and removing the accumulated stains mm -hmm. that are just yeah. on the surface sure. is, is the usually bet. enough but if beyond getting down to the pure surface of the tooth and all the, the, the stains cleaned off isn't enough for them and they want something whiter, mm -hmm. then the most holistic thing to do is the very slow, low concentration bleach mm. in a very custom made tight fitting bleaching tray that doesn't allow the bleach to get on their gums or their lips, slowly warmed up with body heat only and done over a hundred convenient hours at home will give you the nicest, richest, deepest result in the safest way. But it won't change the colour of any fillings or any dentistry that's already there on your teeth. If you've got all that sort of stuff going on, then you're into the more complex method, which is the veneering or crowning uh, method to give you a uniform um, Hollywood veneer type smile. The kind of thing that uh, someone like Rylan has got but you don't have to go that extreme in the colour. And I do get patients coming to see me wanting that colour. I used to do it on a TV show. And they, I was going to say, I was yeah. going to bring that. So you used to do the TV, you used to do the makeover, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So let's just tell us about that. So did you know that, guys? No, no, you? no. Yeah, this is, this is uh, going back into the early 2000s. I used to be oh, on the Extreme Makeover extreme TV makeover. show. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a two-edged sword doing something like that. I never really advertised it locally that I did that. You tell me that brush and people. Well, no, not just that. Um, uh, I mean, we were, we were always a general family practice doing general dentistry. And I, I love doing that. How I, did it's you get my that uh, Well, like I said, I, I went out to the States to do my postgraduate training when we had already um, left the NHS service and got, become a private dental practice. And I didn't really know what it meant to be a private dentist. And the only private dentists I knew were the ones in Harley Street. Right. Okay. And I thought it meant doing that kind of American cosmetic dentistry. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to learn how to do that. So I went out to the States because in the UK, nobody really taught it. It wasn't really something mm -hmm. that we learned at dental school either. So I went out to the States going to and fro and backwards and forwards. You know, I probably spent um, anywhere between 10 and 16 weeks a year uh, in the States studying and in between still running, my, you know, seeing my patients going out for a week or two weeks at a time. And I learned from very efficiently. I, I sought out the right people, the people who were doing, you know, the movie stars. I went out to NYU and I learned how to do cosmetic dentistry from the guy who did Catherine Zeta-Jones wow. and uh, Michael Douglas's teeth. Wow. Um, and then he asked me if I'd like to teach for him uh, and he was running courses in the UK. And so I, I helped him out teaching a load of these Harley Street guys. And then I spotted them on this new TV show on the telly and I thought, hello, I just taught these guys how to do that. Wow. And I thought, how come the producers didn't ask me? And I knew it was because I work out in the middle of nowhere in Biggleswood. They don't know who I am. Yeah. But in Harley Street, they can just go along the street, mm. find the people and 
get them on the TV show. So I wrote to the um, producers and I said, look, I can do this and I might be able to help you out change the demographic of your audience because all you do is treat middle-aged women who all have boob jobs, liposuction, yeah. um, nice bit of makeup, hairstyling and a new dress and they have some cosmetic dentistry. I said, I've got young lads here in Biggleswade, you know, in their 20s who've got terrible teeth, can't yeah. afford this kind of dentistry. I'd be prepared to pay for it all, do all the dentistry for them if you um, want to, you know, film me doing it and then it won't cost you a penny and, uh, you know, I'll do these kids for free and uh, we'll show what really can be done. I didn't hear anything for about six months. Oh, and by the way, I've put all those people that I taught as references because as, I thought, well, if they want to ask anybody, they might as well ask yeah, the dentist yeah, that they yeah. had on season one. Then about six months later, I get a phone call from one of the producers saying, uh, did you did you write to us saying that you, you had a bunch of patients that needed this work? And I said, yeah. And they said, a really interesting letter. We're interested in what you said about changing our demographic. I said, yeah, I think that, you know, you're, you're only targeting middle-aged women as your audience because that's all you show but if you showed young men it's going to attract young men to the show and also young women who are interested in young men mm -hmm. so maybe if you did somebody different you'd have a different you know audience mm -hmm. and they said yeah we like it we've had one of our middle-aged women drop out and we're desperate would you be able to get one of these young guys to do a little videotape and so we can just do an audition I said I'll see what I can do and I got one of these local patients of mine I said you want to have your dentistry done you know 20,000 pounds 30,000 pounds worth of dentistry for free um, I'll do it for you but there's one hitch it's got to be filmed for yeah. a TV show and they were like yeah I actually and, know who it was actually but well I did yeah, two yeah. actually oh, right, I did I two local right. lads from okay. Biggers Way <clears throat> because after the first one they asked me would I like to be on the show and then uh, that was me on the show the second year and then the third year they made me the dental advisor to the show Amazing. so I, I got to um, meet all of the potential candidates and say which ones could be done uh, within the format of the show and which ones wow. couldn't. So it was, it was a fun and time. It was a popular show as well, wasn't it? It was a really popular, popular show, yeah. Because really it was program. the first of the makeover shows. Yeah. And then um, <clears throat> when Channel 4 um, wanted to do 10 Years Younger, they interviewed me. Um, and it came down to between me and one of my former students. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, but they said, well, you've already done this show for this channel we'll give it to yeah, your, yeah. Your, your colleague but um, in a way I was grateful because um, it is a two-edged sword it, it does uh, produce a lot of attention and there's a lot of egos in the profession and it can cause a lot of hassle and also on top of that it pulls out crazies from all over the country who are desperate for you to get them on the show right oh, really? yeah, yeah yeah I got people from up and down the country emailing me phoning the practice saying they were desperate for you know getting their teeth done could i get them on the show and did you get much work with people traveling down to come and see you after they'd seen i, I had people coming from abroad to, wow, uh, to, wow. To, what, to, to bigglesweight yeah to bigglesweight <laughs> yeah because the tv show was syndicated around the world in different places mm. uh you know about uh, what, two or three years after i'd done the show relatives of mine in India you know got in touch and say we've just seen you on the telly no and I like, what are you kidding me <laughs> yeah but I'm uh, sure it's still replayed on UK gold or something yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. I remember yeah. it yeah, yeah that's, that's amazing so the, the, the one that came the furthest was uh, someone came from the Caribbean wow yeah to, to have their teeth done but, that is um, amazing I was regularly getting people coming from all over Europe yeah yeah but I, I you know it's fun to do it's great I, I like it I enjoy it um uh, I, I don't do it that often these days. I, I still like doing the general dentistry. The cosmetic stuff is fun, but it, it, it's not the be all and end all of life. Yeah, I mean, mm. it seems like you're passionate about what you do. I like, I like doing like, regular dentistry. Yeah. Like, I've got patients of mine that are now great grandparents, and I saw them when you know they were thirty years ago. They were, you know, just just regular parents, <laughs> kids that have now got kids of their own, Amazing. bringing them to the dentist. It's fun. Well, I believe <clears> we've taken up. That's over. That's an hour. That is. Oh, we could we could can can chat like this. Yeah, 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 yeah it's amazing. So it's, it's, yeah, it's just just it goes go so quickly. Yeah, and um, yeah. I I'd love to have you back on because oh, I, I think we'll yeah. get some yeah. questions as well. Oh, from definitely. People, yeah. Um, it's just fascinating. It, yeah. It's a whole it really new world, is, isn't it? Because we didn't really talk about like pathology in terms of like what actually goes wrong with teeth, teeth, gums, diseases, those sorts of things. Well, it's really not that much I mean there's there's only two major diseases of the mouth <clears throat> tooth decay and gum disease 
everything else is rare and exotic yeah. so we screen for oral cancer my patients always wonder why i keep asking them to waggle their tongue around okay what i'm looking for is any anomalies that might be precursors to cancer mm. but they are incredibly rare i was going to say i that, mean yeah. over the course of my career just yeah. in biggleswade i think i've caught oral cancer in about a handful of patients five right but <clears throat> most of those are still alive as a result because uh, an oral cancer could kill you within the space of two months it's a very very aggressive. dangerous and aggressive thing but um one of my best friends funnily enough um contacted me for a second opinion and um he just looked at his tongue in the convenience of my own living room and the next day i was on the phone to one of the local oral surgeons at bedford hospital saying can you help me out i've got a friend and i think you know something not quite right here and he had to have half his tongue removed and a wow. graft taken from his uh, leg um to put onto a piece of his arm that was taken to reconstruct his tongue you know Amazing. so um and he's still alive and uh, back talking and we still hang out and um yeah it can hit at any age he's Saved still a guy in his dentist i love yeah. it is that something you're taught when you're yeah, uh, yeah it, you, you do specific yeah, modules yeah, yeah. around yeah cancer because because uh, you know most of the dental training is about how to fix teeth that are broken or decayed so you've got accidental stuff cracked a tooth you've got decay stuff breaks tooth down so you learn mostly how to fix teeth and the hand skills revolved around that then you've got how to prevent and treat gum disease and we've now got hygienists that specialized in yeah. just treating gum disease they take a lot of the workload off the dentist so the dentist can concentrate on the teeth hygienists can concentrate on the gums and then within dentistry there are specializations for each separate little technique so if you've got a particularly difficult root canal or you're my age and your eyes aren't as good to see the really ultra fine smaller than the eye of a needle root canals that you've got to clean out then you might send to a specialist who can do it under a microscope so my kid brother is a dentist specializes in root canal i don't bother doing root canals anymore because he's so much better at them than me and he's got the microscope to do it so all my patients pop down to my brother if they need root canal work on the other side there's if you've lost a tooth and you want to reconstruct not have to do bridge work or dentures there are dental implants so i got into implants oh, 18 years ago and 99 percent of nhs dentists don't do implants so if you want to have a tooth replaced by a state-of-the-art means dental implant is the way to do it so um, you know I think I'm the only resident implantologist in Biggleswade um, so anyone locally that wants an implant they can go to any of the practices but um, they'll either have to be referred out of Biggleswade to somebody else mm -hmm. or you know I'm the only implantologist in Biggleswade but I don't do the really big implant cases anymore I used to but now one of my former students he's got an amazing clinic at Heathrow and all he does is the full mouth reconstructions where all the teeth have gone and he reconstructs the whole mouth uh, with implants and i do all the consulting for him and send him oh, down there wow. he does the surgery and the patients come back to me to have all the follow-ups so <clears throat> you know if you choose to step away from uh, the limit of what the nhs will do there's a vast world of specializations that you can get involved with my particular bag that you know i really really love is helping people out with dodgy jaw joints so this will this will be um, mm. pertinent to you Chris so there's mm. a lot of people with arthritic jaw joints and they're clicking and they're in pain what was and it you so mentioned TMJ, yeah, TMJ TMJ so that's me. I absolutely love treating TMJ because mm. I'm a sufferer I was diagnosed when I was 19 and I was given an appliance and then I went all the way through dental school never learned anything about how to make one and I thought what's this all about and so post-grad I learned how to so, so what exactly is TMJ yeah. TMJ is temporomandibular joint and then the D which is sometimes used at the end TMJD or TMD dysfunction so it's basically in in the simplest terms it's arthritic breakdown of a jaw joint and is this something that people come to you about mm. Chris yeah yeah so I mean, there's certain physios who are specialized in treating TMJ stuff mm. and they do lots like glove work on the internal muscles mm. of, the, of the jaw or the mouth rather um, and then they'll do jaw exercises mm. by looking at opening and closing lateral movements of the jaw etc yeah. and you often will see a discrepancy in in one really lateral good. movement and obviously it's pain in this area a lot yeah. of people are getting yep. pain through their um, and your master muscles etc are the ones that tend to get quite tight that's right. so there's kind of myofascial yeah. release point, t uh, techniques that people yeah. use um, and so if, if, if none of those techniques work 
then the next step is is appliance therapy like an orthotic mm -hmm. so much like if you've got one leg shorter than the other and you'll end up getting a chain reaction of pain developing from first the hips and then working up through the spine as you're more and more twisted you put just a simple little orthotic in someone's shoe it levels out the length of their legs so their hips are now level and then up the chain of the spine everything can become straighter and less twisted in much the same way you can make an orthotic to fit over the teeth that balances out the malposition of the jaw to take the strain off one or both jaw joints put them in a more favorable position so the body can then naturally heal and recover from the inflammation and the fibrosis so that's something that i had made for me as a 19 year old and i had to go out to america and study out there for a year at about a hundred thousand pounds worth of expense right. i spent a hundred thousand pounds one year learning how to treat the disease i suffered from because i wanted to learn how to do it right. and that's the investment i had to put in for myself to learn yeah. how to treat mm. patients and so i think i'm now one of only a handful of dentists in the country that that does this all the time get referrals from all over for it it's great i love it get patients out of pain and you know what i've done is made them a little appliance to wear over their teeth and then they tell me a couple of weeks weeks later oh yeah all the pain is gone and you think hallelujah and then they tell me the weirdest stuff is sorted out as well other things that were related have disappeared and you realize it's just a chain reaction because of the orthotic imbalance you know and uh, just straightening out their jaw putting it lining it upright take pressure off the jaw joints and all their neck pain goes away all their shoulder get, pain goes yeah, away yeah you get a lot of um, <clears throat> a lot of pain. upper upper neck yeah um and referred pain into the head yeah and you, you with chronic or persistent pain patients i used to often refer people to the dentist and to the um um the to have their eyes looked at right i can't think anymore I'm, optician optician <laughs> um to the optician as well because um, you're wanting to rule out all of those things yeah. um, as a means of them getting their issues. That's right. Because you get a lot of people. Once that's ruled out, then you can just maybe think, okay, it's not yeah. a cervical spine problem. But actually, a lot of the time, these other things that's can good. be that's right. these other it, things. It, you, don't, you don't realize that a lot of things that you're suffering from, headaches, um, I've had patients who come in saying they've got tinnitus, um, other other weird symptoms, hmm. and, and they're just there as, as a dental patient. And then you're looking in, your, in their mouth and you realize, that there are signs and symptoms uh, that go hand in hand with an imbalanced jaw and you make them an appliance to protect their teeth and they come back and tell you my tinnitus has gone away mm. and then you realize what well, it probably was never tinnitus what they were feeling was the jaw joint which is positioned right really in close. front of the ear hole yeah do you know it's really interesting i don't i don't get tinnitus but i have a thing when I'm going to bed at night sometimes i hear like the blood rushing around my ear and it's so like for it's so loud I can't I used to get it when I was a kid I don't know about 18 years old and typically I'd get it when I'd been up really late at night playing computer games and I was stressed mm. and uh, and yeah I was just just be interesting to um, mm. pick your brains afterwards about that but it, it could be it, something else it, it hasn't mm. yeah yeah, not probably, everything probably, is no, TMD. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a bad left Come and see me. You can sort that out. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, um, it's been fun. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. So yeah, much. Yeah, we'll definitely, definitely have you on again. And it's just yeah, like really, really interesting, yeah. actually. Um, Some great take home as well for most people as well from that. Yeah. Um, get a little jet washer for your gums don't be yeah. one of the 50% don't want to be, don't 50%. be one of the 50% yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just if, go just go book in with a dentist whether it's an NHS dentist or a private yeah. dentist it doesn't matter just just go and find out what's going on in your mouth don't be afraid um, that fear and that apprehension can bite you in the bum mm. if, if something is slowly burning away you know you don't want to leave it too late and then face more difficult yeah. do you know what for me personally it was such a weight off my shoulders after I went. It's like, ah, oh, it actually wasn't as bad as I thought. Mm. It really wasn't. Um, it never and is. And I got to meet a very nice person as yeah. well. And um, so, if anyone wants to find out about you, where can they find well, they you? Can, they can um, go to the website victoriaplacedental.com. And we've got some wonderful dentists at the practice. We've got Roshni, as I say, runs the weekend emergency service. We've got Jess, who she's an amazing dentist, really caring, and she does all nervous sedation patients as well as general patients she loves seeing kids as well um, we've got Carmen who's 
absolutely incredible. She was actually a qualified dentist and qualified GP in Romania wow. before she came over here. And she just decided, I just want to be, yeah, just want to be a dentist. But she's more than just a, a doing a regular dentistry. She doesn't even do general dentistry anymore. She does all the Botox fillers, all the facial aesthetic treatments. Um, she's actually, she's actually got um, a day on Valentine's Day where we've got a whole bunch of uh, new laser equipment coming to be tested out. And she was looking for guinea pigs, but we've, we, I think we've already covered ourselves just with all the wives and stuff okay. who want to try out all this new stuff. But she also does orthodontics and teeth straightening um, for us. So she does all of the, the, the cosmetic stuff at the practice now that I used to do a little bit, but she, you know, she's got a woman's eye. And uh, I mean, she, she's incredible. She, she does all the courses all around the world and does beautiful lips and um, non-surgical um, cosmetic treatments because she's got that background of being a doctor as well yeah. mm. um, you know so she, she knows a lot more than dentist does in terms of all that sort of stuff yeah so she's great but, and, and yeah so if you want to meet any of those three lovely ladies or even Anne our hygienist then just just give us a call and book in lovely well Brilliant. we'll share your um, share yeah, thing sure on our we'll post there, yeah. yeah thank you so much yeah, thank, thank you man. thank you yeah, been a pleasure been a good episode. Yeah. We'll, uh, See you all again next time. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Amazing.